You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush and Ben Taylor. What's up, everybody? We're back again. The Dad Bod Golf Pod episode 10. Can you believe it, Ben? Double episode. digits, baby. Double digits. We made it five. <laughs> we made it to 10. So that's 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 kind of a big deal. So uh Ben is vacationing right now. I am. I'm at the beach and it's got nothing but rain, but that's fine because we had a little bit of sunshine and we were able to go to the beach yesterday. And it looks like it may break up a little bit this afternoon, so we'll be able to go to the beach this afternoon. So uh, the girls are happy because they're sleeping until like noon every day anyway, so it's really no big deal. Did you bring the sticks? I did not bring the sticks because when I saw the weather, it said it was an 80% chance of rain each and every day. And I said, that's going to really piss me off if I take my clubs down there and I get to the course and it gets rained out. Ben, you got to have them on hand. You know that. (laughs) You you never know. You got to have the wrenches available at all times. Well, plus, I didn't want to get paired up with some locals down here. And, you know, I've had enough of that already. That's marketing, man. Marketing, come on! <laughs> I completely agree. You're, I do you, agree with that. I think you're like you're like four miles from where I played when I was down there. So we actually, you told me where you played, and uh, the way we come in on off of Blue Angel Parkway, um, you drove, drove right, right past right. it. Yep, yep, yeah. So I saw it, and I was like, "That's where Kyle played." Yep, absolutely, absolutely. You having a big time? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a big time, and we're. We're literally, I don't mind telling everybody where we are. We're we're right next door to the Florabama, the world famous Florabama. Trouble. So we're able to we're able to walk over and not have to get in our car and I have uh I have misbehaved every single night that we've been here. That's that's good. That's good. Keep that pace. <laughs> Keep that pace. I'm working on it. <laughs> cool. I'm so gonna, I'm gonna have to hydrate, I'm gonna have to hydrate a lot when I get back to Auburn, though, yeah. I promise. Go, go ahead and kind of start doing it now. So we'll be ready to kick the week back off next week. So go ahead and kind of start you right. know, halfway hydrating a little bit, and then we'll be ready to go. All right, we'll do. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, we got we got to recap my uh, my tour debut as a caddy. So we have okay, we haven't we, foremost the the result. You you didn't have our man out on top. Did, did we fall apart on on the last day? Even though he still shot like three under the last day. I, I think I may have let him down a little bit on uh, I let him down a little bit on the last round, but uh, yes, we did. Uh, you know, he he's the first three rounds he was just absolutely rock steady. He shot uh, sixty seven three times in a row, like effortless. So he was fifteen under, and he was like three or four shots back going into the last round, and we had it to where we were tied for the lead. At one point, going into the ninth hole, I believe, and mm-hmm. if you know the course at all, everything kind of runs the fairway, kind of slopes right to left, and he kind of let one get a little too far left, and it rolled. And they played it as out of bounds instead of a hazard, so it kind of bounced and rolled in. So he had to drop. No, no, I'm sorry, he had to re tee. And then the worst oh. thing ever that could happen after that happened. So, you know, there's a this green at number nine. They're actually going to blow this green up next year and just completely redesign it because it's 
sort of started to settle over the years, but it's got three tiers and like the bottom tier is obviously huge. And it's got like this little middle tier. That's like probably 10 by 10. It's so small. And then they got a pretty big upper tier. Well, the pin was in the middle. So Ben, what can you not do? Number one, you can't go up top. You can't and go you can't up top. Pull it wide right. And uh, honestly, even if you go down low, then you've got to you got to be careful with your next chip because if you go too high, it'll actually come all the way back down to you off the hill. If you go too low, it'll come back down to you. So, but the number one is you can't you can't unless the pin is up top right, you cannot miss right on this green. Well, like you're done. Well, he you missed. Stop it. He missed right, <laughs> and I said, "I was like, dude, you look. Whatever you do, if even if you hit it in the bottom left, we can manage. We can two putt it up there, you know, make bogey, or I guess it would have mm-hmm. been a double at that point in time. Make two putt, make a double, and move on. Well, he had kind of a chunky lie, and it just kind of snatched his club face open, and he hit it on that back right tier." And I was just like, oh, my God, there's no way. There's no way. And he goes, you know, well, what do I do? And I was like, well, look, if you put it past, like try to put it and like drip it down the hill, it's going to literally roll down the fair. You're going to have like 100 yards in <laughs> if you try yep. to put it. I was like, if you put, if you kind of chip or something at it, you m- might have a chance because the slope's not quite as severe that it'll, it actually will stop on at the bottom of the green. I said, or – if I was going to just try to get up and down, I would, you have to, you have to flop it. You have to hit it. Like you have to flop it like incredibly high and stop it like and, and land it two yards or two feet to the right of the pin and hope it just kind of drips, drips down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he tried to hit like a really hard, like spinner and it just didn't stop. It rolled all the way down to the bottom. It didn't roll off the green. And then he almost makes the putt coming back. And it was just, uh, from there, so that we were three under at that point on the day, so we drop all the way back to even. He gets back to three under, so we're still got a chance. And we had like the most. This was just incredible misfortune on sixteen. So sixteen's a par five, mm-hmm. and they were doing some like there was a hat. There's houses all around the course, so they were doing like some patio work like this these people were like laying stone doing like a rock patio and literally being i'm not kidding you at the top of his backswing you know how like when a dump truck um they they drop their load and then when they let their t- let the load the um they let the the tailgate i don't know it's not called the tailgate they let the bed down the 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 door swings shut and it sounds like a gun goes oh, yeah, off it's like, it's like bam just bam well I'm telling you, literally, at the top of his backswing, the truck that had just dropped off all this stone for these people to work on, the door swings and hits and just huge noise, literally less than 30 yards away, right in the top of his backswing. So he kind of, you know, blocks it out right, hits it OB on 16. So you make double in that. He hits an OB off the T-box? Yeah, on 16. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get in the fairway, you got a really good shot at eagle. That puts you at 20. Um, and then you never know what happens on the next two holes. The pin was on the front on 17. Uh, the pin was in a good spot on 18. 
you know, you go birdie, birdie, you go eagle, birdie, birdie in, and you're 22, and that puts a lot of pressure, you know, on the guys, the group behind you. But just wasn't in the cards that day. But it was, it was fun. I did have a couple more mishaps. I um, luckily in the third round, I dropped the putter head cover again, and luckily though there was a gallery, <laughs> a gallery, a buddy of mine, and I, I was like, hey man, um, hey, uh, can you uh? Can you run back and get the butterhead cover? Uh, I, I don't. I don't want. I need you to run back and get the butterhead cover. I think it's right by the green. So he's like, "God Almighty, Kyle!" So he goes back and gets it. And I set the I set the bag down. And you know how you have the towels. I kind of like draped the towel over the putter so he could so he couldn't see it. So he wouldn't know that I lost the butterhead cover. And then he kind of sneaks. My buddy kind of sneaks it back. And so Jonathan doesn't know about that one. And then oh, he will. Did you ever tell him like afterwards? No, 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 no. I never, I never told oh, okay. him. So, and then on 11, so that was on, uh, that was between four and five. And then on 11, the magnet failed me on the, um, the magnet failed me on the, uh, range finder. So we go off the, you know how I told you he, the magnet would stick to the irons. Yeah. I take yeah. like three steps off the tee box and apparently I knock it off and it's just right there by the tee box. So we get, we get in the middle of the fairway and he asked for the range finder and I'm looking for it frantically. And I was like, well, I dropped it somewhere. <laughs> so I had to, t- wow. yeah, I had to turn around and run back and get it. And, uh, it was all the way at the tee box. He had to ask another player for their range finder, but then he hits it to like, like two or three feet and makes birdie. So no harm, no foul, oh. but I don't know. Yeah, I think I just got myself, I got myself in such a, I had so much anxiety about losing stuff that I just ended, started losing stuff. It was, <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's like, I couldn't, I, my, I go through my checklist. I go through everything and no matter what, I would drop a towel. I would drop something. It was like the, the one time I didn't go back and like check. I know I had to look like such a dork cause I would literally walk and I'd have like a little mini freak out and I'd reach back and make sure the, the range finder was on there. Then I'd reach back and make sure the head cover was on there. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a blast though. I, I really enjoyed it. I want to tell a qu- another quick little story. You know how we talked about the Corda family uh, yeah. a while yeah. back. So there, this is another family that's just like, this is unbelievable. So you've probably heard this name um, because he's played a little bit on the tour. And I think he's on the corn Ferry right now, but his name is Ollie. Schneider Jans. Does that name sound familiar? He's played in mm-hmm. he's played in several PGA events. Well, his younger yeah, brother a couple of, couple of buddies and I make fun of him because you know how you've seen that commercial where Brent Snedeker, he calls himself Sneedeker. Yeah. That's what we call him. We call him Sneeder Jans. I know that's not the correct way to do it, but I mean that's what <laughs> that's what we call him because the very first time we saw it that we were, we just happened to be like watching a golf tournament. There were like three of us watching a tournament, like a clubhouse or something. And it got up on the board. And of course, we'd had a few beers, and we were like, "Sneeder Jan." Yeah. And and well, uh, and so it kind of stuck. But yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. So I didn't know. I mean, I always thought he was European, I guess, because of his last name. And maybe there's yeah. there's a European tie. But anyway, he's so Lou. Or I'm sorry, Ollie is on the Corn Ferry Tour right now. His dad. Yeah was a college baseball player. His dad was caddying for his youngest brother, Luke Schneider-Jans, who's on the Forum Tour right now. He just got out of Georgia Tech. And this kid, oh, okay. 
this kid can absolutely destroy the golf ball. It's unbelievable. He hits. He took some lines that I've never seen before out there. Like especially on sixteen, uh, he went over the trees on the right on sixteen. He had a big draw. He had a he had a big draw on sixteen, which is absolutely insane. He was in contention, and he also tripled nine. He hit he hit one out of bounds on nine, and he still ended up nineteen under. Uh, so he was only he he ended up with T eight. Uh, so you got so you got Ollie, and then his dad's name's Ollie as well, I believe. And then you have Luke, and then Ollie's caddy is his their middle brother who was a pitcher at Georgia Tech. Like he was like the the number two pitcher at Georgia Tech. Good night. So, so yeah. So his dad's caddy. And I'm talking to him. He's like, "Yep, we're just a bunch of jocks." And uh, he was. Uh, I was like, "I can't even imagine." That's just like every dad, every dad's dream. You just have just stud athletes like that, just stacked up. That is. That is. All. It, let me ask you something about nine. Going back to that, since you said that both of them hit OB on nine. Yeah. Where did they get the tee box? Did they have it moved up for no we were, round, or did they have back at the tip? No, we were way back, and I think it's just one of those, you know, nine, like I said, it slopes right to left. It used to have a bunker on the right that they filled in, and now it's just rough. And for whatever reason, it's – I didn't – you can you can literally go – what you can go pretty far right and still be in play, and even if you hit in that little rough area, it's not a tough shot. Uh, for no, whatever, for the, that's why I was wondering why they flirted with that left side so much. And, and all of them did it all week, and – I mean the only the only plus is if you're if you're closer to the left side of the fairway it can be a flatter lie but I was just like man just y'all all hit fades like just hit it out there and if it goes a little bit past the you know where that old bunker used to be you may get a bounce back left you may not you may bounce forward and go over it and then you're even further down but um mm-hmm. yeah so uh Luke is Luke is unbelievable. He hits he probably hits his you know 5 and 6 irons better than I mean he can hit it with anybody. So he would lay back a lot and be totally comfortable 220 with you know 220 200 to 220 with a 5 or 6 iron just sounding like an absolute missiles coming over your head. I mean these guys are just incredible. It's it's incredible that um these dudes are that there's just this many guys that are this good at golf, like 23 under wins, which is just absolutely insane to me. I thought I thought somewhere around 20, 21, 20 would win it, 23 won it. There was four 62s on the golf course. I think the course record's 60, and like a lot of these dudes have never even played this course before, and uh, they come out and shoot 62. There was, like I said, there was four of those. Um, the Turk Pettit. Who is the NCAA national champion this year? Um, yeah, Clemson. I didn't know if he would be paired with you guys on the final round. Or I was hoping. We, I was now. hoping we get to. He had a big gallery. Um, he finished seventeen under, so t eleven. But like, you just don't realize like that. That would I would think that guy would be playing. I, should, I would think he would should be playing on the PGA Tour right now. But there's so much you have to do to earn your way to get there, and. I, I I just gained a whole new level of respect for these guys, for what they have to go through, how much they have to travel, how little money they make for such a long period of time until they finally get there. So uh, overall, it was just a really cool experience. And 
hopefully, um, well, I don't care if he's wants to be my friend or not. Jonathan's going to be my friend from now on. I told him that. So you either just got to block my number or block me on Twitter or whatever you got to do because we're besties right now. So just, just go ahead and get ready. Go ahead and get ready for it. You're the you're the crazy ex girlfriend. I am. I am. <laughs> exactly. And I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it. Not a shame. Should be. You should hang your hat on that. You know the thing that fascinates me is because uh, the, the the couple of days that I went out there and, and watched you guys, the, people assume that it's so easy to be on tour, or not easy, but they just think that any any good golfer that shoots you know, around scratch at their local club, like they, you know, they can go play. And they even think like they see collegiate players that when they graduate, like you just said, um, with Pettit, you know, here he is the NCAA champion and he's having to grind on the form tour before he's able to uh, move up. I don't think people understand the, no. the, the specialness that comes along with the tigers of the world. And, you know, the guys that jump directly, like, you know, drop out of their last year of college and jump on, on tour like the John Roms of the world. Or I don't think they understand how good these guys really are. Well, think about because, this. Think about this, too, Ben. So there was a couple of guys, you know, that were that have just graduated from Auburn that played. You know, they play yeah. this course every single day. And they're really good players, but – you know, they finish like Grayson Huff played really good, but he finished, you know, T35. Javon Rebula, mm-hmm. who is who was the top 15 in the country in the PGA Tour University rankings, you know, he finishes yep. T63. You know, there's just so many good golfers out Michael there. Michael Johnson, who we interviewed, didn't even make the cut. Yeah, he, he struggled a little bit. So, I mean, it's I just – He was playing in the Open. Now, he told us in his interview, he said he's got some demons at AU Club. But yeah. um, you're talking about a guy that was playing on the, in the U.S. Open a couple of weeks ago, and he goes out there and misses the cut on a, on a course that he's played numerous times. Right, right. So, I mean, it's just – the level of respect I have for these dudes now is just so through the roof. It's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The way they, they just what don't – go ahead. Was it the length that impressed you more than, let's say, the touch around the green? Because I know you said, you know, the, the putting was phenomenal. But, I mean, the fact that you just said that they're taking, you know, you got kids taking lines off the tees that we've seen really good golfers play that course, and they would never think to take that line. Right. So which which one, which one was it just all a combination of all of it or just certain ones had certain things that were just kind of mesmerizing? I've played with some guys that can hit it a long way. So length to me was not just – there was a couple of things where I was just like, holy cow, that dude just – I've never seen somebody hit hit one there. But it, overall, I think the confidence that these guys have hitting, you know, longer irons into greens at, and, you know, firing right at pins from, you know, like I said, 180 to 220 yards – um, the accuracy that they have with their, you know, three woods, hybrids, things like that. Uh, it's just it's just a whole different level. And, and another thing is the action that they can put on the ball around the greens is just incredible. You know, I've, yeah. how they're able to, you know, they hit there's there's some chips and, you know, when they leave the club, I'm like, oh, that's gone, you know, but it's just it's just 
two quick hops and it just stops right, you know, not very far from where the, from where it initially lands. And it's like, man, I have, I don't have that shot. <laughs> I can yeah. I cannot pull that off. Mine's comes off like, you know, like a knuckleball and they hit one in the same, same trajectory. And you're just like, that's, that's definitely gone, you know, from where he just hit it or I'm hollering, mm-hmm. get down, or I'm thinking in my head, get down, get down. And it's just, no, Kyle, this is a different ball game. This is not what you watch yeah. on the weekends uh, out, out here. This is this is a whole different different ball game. But between that and you know, putting is just special. Especially Jonathan, he could he was just unbelievable, unbelievable putter. So yeah, it's a little bit of combination of all. But I'd say just like the confidence that these dudes have in their game, even if even though they're at you know one of the lower you know, the one of the lower tier tours, like they just mm-hmm. go out thinking they're going to birdie every single hole that they look at. And it's just, it's super cool. It's super cool to watch. I would do it again. I'm definitely, if it comes back next year, I'm definitely doing it again for sure. You know, one of my takeaways from, uh, from watching them, the thing that I get impressed with is I, I play with some guys that can hit it, hit it a long way too, but I don't play with anybody that can hit their three woods as far as these guys do. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost one of those things where you sit the course. If I could hit my three wood like that, I probably wouldn't be, you know, playing at resorts at the beach or playing uh, at public golf courses either. Um, but you know, you sit there and you wonder. And, and I've even said that when I've seen, uh, you know, watching tour tournaments on television. I'm like, man, if I could hit my three wood three ten three twenty, why would I even hit my driver? Right, right. And, you know, especially when you see someone getting in trouble with their driver. But I mean, that, that was. The, the three woods and like you just said the the, the mid irons the, the fact that they can hit a six iron anywhere from from 190 where they need to lay off to 225 yeah. and you know guys like us you know are hitting hybrids 225 or three woods that you know depend on what the wind's doing or I mean it, it, you know and they're hitting six irons and and the full one's going 225 and just to, to take a little off of it so they can throw it up high and sit it down they're hitting they're still hitting 190 um that fascinates me how they and it's effortless too because they're just from if you're watching their swing you know taking back the par three you lost the putterhead cover um on day one uh you know when we got there they shot at 192 and a couple of them were hitting seven irons and a couple of them were hitting six irons and they were hitting it as high as say i hit my nine iron yeah and that just is that's fascinating to me. Mine's gonna um, come in like they, a mine's gonna come in like a rocket and theirs is coming down like with butterfly feet, just just sitting down so it soft. Gets a certain, it gets a certain point and it's almost like it just the bottom falls out of it. Like they they know to throw the tra- trajectory out there to a certain point and it and it falls this. So as you said, I, I get so impressed, you know, anytime you're talking twenty plus under on a tournament. And that's, they're playing from tees that we don't play from, and you know we're out there scrambling to, you know, break eighty. I mean, you you have to respect it. You got to respect their their game, and um, that's what's phenomenal. When you know you hear like one of your buddies, you hear somebody approach, yeah, man, he didn't cut it on tour. I'm like, bro, do you even know what it's like to be on tour? Right. <laughs> and you got form. You got form guys that can take anybody's money in this entire club, right? And they can't make it on tour. No, I know. I know. Or they—they're not. They haven't 
gone through the the point process, which I hope we're going to have an interview soon with a buddy of mine who's going to explain that in a little bit more in depth, like how you get from tour to tour and things like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I just, it's, it is, it's, it's crazy to, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that some of these guys watching the way they hit the ball, uh, that they have to start out here or that they're not, they're not up on, on the tour yet. It's just absolutely insane. But overall it was a great week. I was really tired. Uh, had some ankle and some calf massaging that I needed. Um, so it was, uh, but it was, it was worth it. I'll definitely, definitely do it again. Definitely do it again. Good for you, man. That was, it, it's a, it's, it was a, it's great experience just kind of hearing your stories around it for sure. So, um, I, as you said, I hope you and your new best friend, Jonathan, uh, stay in touch. And <laughs> if he ends up coming back, you can caddy for him again. Or if he comes anywhere close, like if he, you know, if any tour event, there's a couple of tour events that will, uh, come through like Birmingham. You never know. You may be able to hook up with him there and, and carry his clubs for. I told him I hope he doesn't have to come back, but if he does, I hope he's on the next next rung. But uh, if he does have to come back, and you know, I'll I'll definitely get on the bag again. So he's we'll on see. the right track. I mean, when you look at his, his statistics, and you know, I looked at him uh, a little bit, and and this was only the second event, and so um, two events he's done fairly well. So, again, we got your buddy coming in. We're going to find out more about the point system and how they make their way up. I don't know how long he has to stay on the forum tour until he gets his, his third points to move up to Corn Ferry or, or whatnot. But uh, it's best of luck to him. He's, as, as we said, you definitely got the best-looking dude out there to tote the bag for us. So yeah, you got that going for you, too. For sure. For sure, no doubt. Dreamy dude. Anyway, so uh, speaking of dreamy dudes – the match from last night was absolutely awesome. Did you get? I this? had a DVR. Yeah. Because uh, just a just a backstory, I've told people that I guess it was Sally that came through. Yeah, or Elsa. Anybody, anybody that had um, Directv or Dish Network or whatever, that, that you can forget it. You can't watch it in the condo. Yeah. Because uh, it completely wiped them all out. So. Um, there was no uh, TNT, which also knocked out some cell towers and that kind of thing. So, um, no, that's been fine because we've been at the beach anyway, and we've been going down and hanging out at the at the Floribama and um, and across the street at the at the at the yacht club. And those of you that don't know about the yacht club, it's about as far from a yacht club as possible. It's a very um, ironic name. <laughs> <laughs> they named it that just because you can actually pull your boat up to it, but you're going to see anybody from a three piece suit to a wedding party to a so, yeah. um, people hear the word yacht club and they're like, Oh, is that the fancy place down there? I'm like, yeah, you just go ahead and dress up and see how you stand out <laughs> when you go over there. Uh, so, um, but anyway, I was not able, I literally had to keep up with via Twitter to see highlights. And yeah. of course, when you do that, people are just going to post whatever they want to post. They're not going to post the stuff that like me and you are probably looking at, but it looked fantastic. And the team I wanted to win did not win. Ah, so you were pulling for Phil. So it was uh, it was Phil and Tom Brady versus Bryson and Aaron Rodgers. So some pretty uh, – some guys, obviously, between Phil and Bryson that definitely moved the needle as far as interest and chatter and this, that, and the other on social media. And then you have, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who have their history as well uh, as, mm-hmm. as close back as the uh, – the playoffs this past year, you know, so 
uh, it was a, it was a cool dynamic and, uh, I wanted to kind of break it down and talk about, you know, the course first. Um, so they played at this place called the reserve at Moonlit Basin, which is in big sky, Montana. And Mm -hmm. it's up there. It's like 7,500 feet elevation. So you can imagine thin air, they were going to hit some bombs. They were going to hit some absolute moonshots and they're going to travel forever. And one thing that I text a couple of my buddies, I was like, it seems like every single hole is way downhill. I'm like, are they going to have to take a, like a sky lift back or a helicopter? Like, how do you get back to the pro shop? Like (laughs) every single hole is just a million miles, you know, downhill. And, um, one thing they did about the course, if you look it up online, they flip the nines and they did this very strategically because there's uh, the hold number 17, which plays as number – it played as number eight this time. It's a 777 yard downhill par five. Good night. So to give you – so this is a – I felt like this was a pretty good um, comparison. For those that are somewhat local or have played this course, you played farm links – Think about mm-hmm. playing number five, which is the par three. You're on the tee box, and you're playing mm-hmm. all the way to number six, green. It's about that oh, far. Wow. About that far, and the elevation is similar as well. So, uh, I mean, you're talking just absolute insane views. I tweeted a picture of the driving range. It looked like you had Mount Everest at the back of the driving range that you're just staring yeah. at, you know, all these beautiful trees. They had bears. There was, a, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Uh, this, this place is awesome. It's a Jack Nicholas course. He says it's the best one he's ever designed. I think they probably all say that about every course that they design, but uh, it was, it was, <laughs> it was definitely, it was definitely entertaining. Like it was, it was really cool, really cool stuff. And it was really, there was a really precious moment at the beginning. You're going to die over this. Okay, so Charles okay. Charles Barkley was one of the main commentators, and Trevor Immelman was there, and I I think Charles really couldn't grasp how to calculate. He really could not grasp how to calculate how how the distance is different. So, uh, you know, Trevor Immelman, Trevor Immelman was like, you know, it's like a fifteen percent. You add fifteen percent to your clubs. So, for example, if you hit the ball 300 yards, you're going to hit it at about 345, 350. But Barkley, Barkley could not grasp that for some reason. It was fun. so Trevor was like basically giving him a math class. It was just absolutely hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. And he asked him. I seemed like he asked him the question like three or four times throughout the match. How hard is this to to get this down? And I maybe it was just trying to have filler content, but. Yeah, so we got a we got a Charles Barkley math lesson, like right out the gate. It was it was it was oh <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, the trash talking. Phil is a sneaky good trash talker. There were there was oh a, everybody everybody says that on tour. Like that was that's one of the things. The two biggest trash talkers on tour. Then they don't trash talk during the rounds, but it's going to be Tiger and Phil. That's why I really can't wait for Tiger to start playing because they've already guaranteed that they're going to do another match. Yeah. Uh, because they've even said in like Ryder Cup rooms, you know, Tiger always shuts him up with the majors. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the go-to. When he's tired of listening to Phil anymore, he just says he just throws out his 
you know, his, his major wins. And then all of a sudden feels like, all right, I'm done. And so the other than that, the two of them basically can control the room when it comes to trash talk. Yes. And yes. so, and, and Bill's not only sneaky good, he's funny. Very funny. He's kind of just become really funny over the last few years. It's, I don't ever remember him and maybe it's just because of social media now, but I don't really remember him being super entertaining. I call I kind of always remembered him being sort of, you know, just boring traditional, so to speak. He's really, really funny. Like he's really funny. There was a um there was a certain hole early in the match, uh, and Phil hit a bomb and they they were teeing off first. And he basically tried to get in Bryson's head. It was like, let's see if you can get past or get you some of that, Bryson, or something like that. And, you know, Bryce was like, oh, I hit it that far on my three wood. And he's like, all right, well, then let's see. Let's see you go past it. And Bryson immediately, like, snap hooks snap hooks one off the whole course. <laughs> he oh, just, wow. Yeah. And then Phil's like, look, man, you can't let a 51-year-old outdrive you on live TV. That can't happen. You can't, you can't let that happen. It was, it was so fun. I'm learning Bryson is really easy to uh, – it's really easy to get in his head, apparently. So, uh, it was, yeah, I mean, I immediately, think, he snap-hooked it off the whole mountain. It was incredible. I've said that before. You know, also speaking of the, the four that are involved with, with Phil and Bryson, you tweeted uh, the picture out where Bryson had the bunny years behind Phil. Um, <laughs> if people will take a look back at that picture, if you want to know how super athletes look, Bryson is – quote-unquote, one of the biggest guys on tour. Phil's also a tall guy. He's not ripped like Bryson is. He's not, you know, he's not deadlifting 450 pounds, um, even though he is he is kind of big. Tom standing beside him, like, towers, overshadowed both of them. Yeah, towers him. And even, even Aaron Rodgers, who is not considered to be one of the big quarterbacks in the league, was bigger than Bryson. Yeah, they're – that just lets you know when it comes to like super athletes how big those guys really are. Oh, for sure. And they but both those are two of the big those are two of the biggest golfers on tour. Yeah, Phil's like six three and then Bryson's like six yeah. one or six two and pretty 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 jacked. And Aaron was Aaron mm-hmm. was looked just as big as Bryson. And mm-hmm. you know, Tom is like, you know, he's his six four, six five and just Looks like he's just in incredible shape, incredible shape, like he always is. Uh, so yeah, it definitely gives you a little bit of perspective because they talk about how big, how big Bryson is, but you put him next to, you know, these NFL guys, and he just kind of looks average. But he did not yeah, he, look he, average on the tee box. No, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure with the, uh, I'm, I'm sure with the light air and the and the altitude, he was fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, if if you want to get a good perspective of this you need to download this app called 18 birdies and you can search the course and you can get uh like satellite views of the course and then Mm -hmm. you just that way you can drop an arrow down you can see the different yardages and then obviously since they flipped it you can go to number 10 and that's that started off as number one and bryson started off he hit one he hit a drive like you know 360, 370 over a ravine and left Aaron like a 60 yard shot. And they were laughing 
They're like, that's too close. You hit it too close. He's not going to have that 60-yard uh, you know, wedge shot. And, of course, Aaron kind of chunks it and leaves it a little bit short, and then Bryson chips in for birdie. But that was one that was insane. That hole was insane. Um, 13, which was their number – I think it was their number three. Yeah, 13 would be their number three. Um, or number four. It was a uh, – it's a par four. It's 445 yards, but if you just go as the crow flies, it played 392 straight to the hole. So they were cutting it over this huge ravine. So 392, um, Bryson pulls out a three-wood and hits it to within 10 feet. Wow. And everybody just kind of jaw-dropped, holy cow. Well, then Tom Brady gets up with his driver – and hits it to about eight feet, and it was yeah. <laughs> just on a absolute rope. He's gotten way better than he was the last match. So he hits it to like eight feet, and then they end up winning the hole. Uh, Tom and and Phil end up winning the hole. Uh, a couple of other drives. So I said they flipped that par five. They flipped that par five. They flipped the nine so that par five could be number eight. So the way the hole worked out is if you there was a bunker that was in the middle of the fairway. And right after that was a giant downslope. And if you could fly it, I think they had to end up flying it like 340. It would hit that downslope, and there was a chance that it could go 500 yards. That was like the the thing. They really wanted to see a 500-yard drive. Bryson mm-hmm. absolutely roasts one. And it hits the downslope, and he's like, everybody's like, I think that got it. And it ended up just barely rolling out of the fairway, and it was like 490. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he said that's definitely his personal record. But I mean, even think think about this. Even at 490, they still had like 280 into the hole. <laughs> or wait, did I do that math right? 777 minus 490, they had 287 left into the hole. After mm-hmm. after a 490-yard drive. It was it was great. The course was really cool. There was there were so many moments like that. Um the match kind of went back and forth. And then on the back nine, Aaron Rodgers started making every putt he looked at. They birdied three or four in a row. They took they took charge, and he would walk it into on every one of them. Every one yeah, that he made, uh, he walked yeah. it in, and it was uh, it was really cool. It was good. Um, I really wish they did more of these. It takes you back to the old days of the the, the shell wide world of golf that you'll see them replay on uh, Golf Channel from time to time. Some of the you know where they've just got a couple of crowd members. And now that they've got the technology with drones and with microphones and with, you know, way better stuff at the 70s and 80s. Um, I, and I understand that, you know, they can't do it every week. But I really wish, like, once a quarter, they would be four matches a year. I, I really wish once a quarter they would have some sort of match. You don't think it would you kind know? of – you don't think it would kind of, I guess – take some of the luster away from these. I don't know. I, I don't think it would for me, but I just wonder because they do. I think mar- for the true golf fans, it wouldn't. I think that yeah. their intentions are not what they need to be. I think you know, their intentions are how can we – what network can we sell this to and how can we make money off of it? And I know that that's the ultimate goal is to do that. Um, but also they need to factor in the interest of, of everyday golfers. I mean – sure. I said that the first time they did the match, you know, this is this is pre Tiger getting hurt, but when even when it was in the rain with Tiger and Phil, I thought I could watch this twice a year easily, these two. And then if you got, you know, two other golfers, 
to, to you know, do another match of some sort, like Bryson, you know, especially, you know, your beef between Bryson and Brooks. I mean, how fun would that be to do a match? Yeah. Uh, between the, they're, they're not going to agree to do it, but no, they wouldn't. they're ultimately looking to, you know, increase the, the word of golf and the world of golf, then, you know, you get some two guys like that out there to do a match. People will pay, people will pay 1995 to see that. Right. And this one was just on TNT. So like this one was just yeah. free for everybody. And, uh, yeah, it, TNT has said that they, they wanted it to be that way, but I don't know. And who knows? I don't know how the ratings will shape out. Uh, you know, when the weekend ratings uh, come out next, next Monday, when they show what, you know, what all happened during the week, um, I mean, I'm sure that their ratings were better than any other random Tuesday. Oh, for um, sure, for sure. Golf so, prime time uh, on Tuesday. The this yeah. with with the personalities that were in it, I bet it killed it. I'm I'm anxious to see that as well. That would be that would be cool to see. But it was it was I enjoyed the crap out of it. I would I would watch it. I would worry that they may just kind of it would kind of get dull after a while. But at the same time. There's so many cool personalities that play golf, and there's so many cool matchups out there that you could do. I'd love to see John Daly in one of these. You know, I'd love to see you know some of the older guys too. You know, like Freddie Couples or you know, oh yeah, any any of those dudes too could get in there, and um, it would be it would be pretty fun to watch. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was good, and that course and, is and four times four times a year is probably too much, but twice a year might be like perfect. You said, Doing it at a at a special course like this one, where the altitude's high, and it's it's not a course that you're ever going to see on tour. And, you know, as bad as it sounds, and don't get me wrong, as much as I love Pebble and I love Tory and I love you know Augusta and you love PPC Sawgrass, you love seeing those courses. I'd rather them play at a place like Big Sky Montana on something like this than play at one of those signature courses. Yeah, uh, that we're gonna that we're going to see on tour anyway. And there are plenty of those around America to go to. I mean, it, yeah. you know, like the, the one that Tiger designed in Missouri where they did the Payne's Valley uh, playoff on the, on the 19th hole. I mean, they, they go back to that one. There's tons of, you know, look at all the courses out in Arizona and out in Vegas that they could play that we never get to see on, on tour. Um, but yet the altitude would be where you could see Bryson hit his 400 yard bombs. And, For sure, I'm a little bit. I would like I would like for them to, you know, try to play courses that maybe we could all go play. I'm not even sure that we can play this course. Uh, I think it's pretty private. I know it's like a resort that you can go stay at, but I'm not really. I did. I looked on the. I looked on their website, and they had fishing packages and hiking packages. I did not see any golf packages, so that was. That was kind of a bummer. Uh, I'm sure there's probably ways you can work. You could probably figure it out, but uh, that I'd like I'd at least make it where like they played Payne's Valley. That's a public course, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they played the, uh, the the second match was at Tiger's course, uh, Tiger's medalist where he's a member. I'm pretty sure you can't go mm-hmm. get an 8 a.m. tea time on Saturday there. Maybe play it some, maybe play it some more of the, um, the bigger public tracks that we could say, Hey, we went to that same course and play or things like that. That might make it just a little bit more, even that, even that much more appealing, but man, it was, it was fun to watch. It's gay. It definitely spiced up Tuesday for sure. 
when you got when you're booking you got you got the rocket mortgage classic your book it book it's you're bookended by the rocket mortgage mortgage classic and then you're going into the uh the john deere you know there's not a you know that time right before the open it's not a whole lot of you know not a whole lot of buzz so this this definitely helped helped you know get a little bit more golf buzz before we head into the you know the last major of the season well you mentioned that and that's what's funny is looking at the stuff on Twitter, social media, online, since there is, you know, no television down here at the beach. I mean, that's one thing that you want to talk about. We've talked about forgotten tournaments after majors. You got the John Deere coming up that I'm not seeing anybody tweet about. All I'm seeing about is people that are already leaving to head over and practice, you know, for the open. And so, and you got, and not only that, you got John Deere, but some of those players will go early and they'll play the Scottish open. So they can, you know, they always try to, Playing back to back, just as a warm up, so they get kind of used to the to the course conditions. So um, this this will be this weekend will be the forgotten tournament before we're all able to get up at 4 a.m. and watch golf two weeks from now. Well, another thing that's going to hurt this field too is there's there's some pretty big restrictions that they're putting on these guys for travel. So. Mm-hmm. That's going to probably discourage. You know, I saw Ricky tweeting about it. He's like, "Man, they're asking us to jump through hoops, and they're going to let thirty-two thousand people a day into this thing. Like, that doesn't seem like it's really doesn't really balance out. Uh, so that's going to also, you know, hurt this thing because I don't think people are going to want to, you know, risk it. I guess. Um, so you got to have so many consecutive tests, even if you're vaccinated. I mean, there's all kind of all kind of stuff they're having to do, and uh, you know, that's definitely going to hurt. That's definitely going to hurt this field for sure. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot well, of the guys ones, playing. The ones really going to be hard on are the guys like we've talked about before with other tournaments, the fringe guys. Yes. They've got to play in the John Deere because they've got to get, number one, enough points, or they've got to try to qualify in order to make it to the Open. Right, right. So they're going to be, and they're going to be flying commercial overseas as yep. soon as the tournament's over on Sunday. They're not going to have the opportunity to do the, the Rickies and the Brysons and the and the and the Brooks—they're not going to have the net jet option. Yep. And so, um, you know, those are the guys that it really sucks for because they're going to grind this weekend to try to, you know, get a qualification spot that there may be only two or three of, and then they got to immediately jump on like a red eye Sunday night if they do. And get over there and go through COVID protocol for three days before they're able to tee it up on Thursday. Right. So that, those are the guys that I always get concerned about. Because and that, and I'm glad Ricky spoke up because Ricky that that situation doesn't really hinder him that much because you know he's got the money and he's got the the availability to jump on a net jets with just he and his caddy and not be exposed to anybody. Go over there and take you know, a private car to their hotel and go ahead and start quarantining so nobody's in, in their way. But he's right. I mean, it's the same thing we just dealt with, with, um, you know, with the baseball situation in college baseball and the College World Series. You know, they're sending a team home when you're letting 25,000 people into the stadium untested and you have no idea where they've been or where they came from. I think I saw where they said, I think I saw where they said the, the NC State players could have gone to that game. That night, they could have gone to the next game. They could have gone and watched the game from the stands. That's pretty crazy. And, and yeah, and that's the same thing with with 
like John Rahm, with him being pulled off the course. Now, he got a little redemption when he was able to come back and win, but uh, it's the same. Somebody had even said that with him when he got pulled off the course, is he could have gone back the final round and been out in the crowd, walked around and seen everybody and watched the other players play. Yeah, doesn't I seem. Mean, that's, that's, you, you can't do, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole and, lot of sense. I mean, that's, this is their job. I mean, look at mine and your jobs and what we do for a living. I mean, we come into contact with people all the time. Right. And you know, we're worried more about them than we are. So I, I'm I'm going to be sitting in my truck or, or sitting in the studio by myself. So if, if something were to happen to me or if I contracted or something of that nature, then, uh, you know, that's fine. I could shut the door and lock everybody up. That's the same thing with golf. Like we said, that was wrong. When everybody made a big deal, oh, well, he tested positive. He's playing with one other dude. Yeah. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> you know, you got you got you got thirty thousand people wandering around the course, but you don't know where they've been or what they've done or who they've come in contact with, and you don't care about that. But you're isolating the one guy that can literally be isolated out there on the course by himself. It, I'm telling you, man, these it's fascinating. I agree with Ricky here. I'm glad somebody of his stature came up and said something like that because you know the little guys are not going to be able to speak up or they're not going to be heard so right the rickies of the world and the fields of the world and guys like that like they need to say something because the fringe guys that are just trying to qualify and having to fly commercial and then they get told once they get over there uh no trace contacted you can't play that's gonna suck man that's that and and i don't think it's right I don't think it's right because they don't have a choice. They're going to have to fly commercial to get over there. They're going to come in contact with people that they have no idea who they are. And there's a slight possibility that if they get a false positive like John Rahm did because they've taken their shots like they're supposed to, then they miss the British Open because of some stupid rule. How, so. how mad would you be? Would you be more mad than the lady that got told she was on the no-fly list? that lost her mind at the airport. Have you seen that video? I ha- I have. And I've, <laughs> I would be that mad I think, if I got all the way over I, there. I would, I, I would be that mad. And the thing is though, with me being a pro golfer and having all my clubs and stuff with me, there would be some furniture moved around in the, in, in the PGA, in the, in the office. If Ron, Take it back to when Rom got told on the 18th, number one, PGA completely screwed that up. And it, I think it's funny that they told him that, and everybody's like hugging him and consoling him. I'm like, you just told him he's got COVID. You guys are all rubbing your hands all over him. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, man, doesn't make a lot of so, sense. <laughs> but the fact that he, you know, just looked disappointed, I, anger would come to mind with me. But that's because I'm thinking of it like these friends you got. I'm thinking I've got to load up on Sunday night after my tournament jump on a commercial airline i get over there and then on tuesday i get a false positive and they said no you got to sit this out i'm I'm, yeah i'm losing my mind like they're they're gonna know they're gonna know how upset i am that i can't play oh for sure for sure so you got so this weekend this weekend we have the john deere classic like we said it's been been around forever uh then we also have the scottish open which is at the renaissance club in uh see where it is is it north berwick this is one of my favorite weekends to watch golf because the scottish open will be on during the day and you'll be able to watch that and then on golf channel at night you'll be able to watch the john deere yeah so you're you're gonna basically get 
12 hours of golf Thursday through Sunday. And the field for the Scottish Open is absolutely incredible, and the course is absolutely incredible. And you know who's you know who's in the field this week, Ben? I have no idea. Our boy Scotty Hind going for the Scottish oh. Open title. So, oh my gosh! And let's hope he let's hope he everything made it. Let's hope, his clubs, let's hope his clubs get there. I think he's there because he played the week prior, so he's been over there. So he hasn't come back yet. So he's got his stuff. I kind of wish that. It didn't make it because this would give us show content for next week. I'm sure he would call us, but he told us if it happened again, he was calling back. <laughs> so it, it would be really nice if something like this were to happen and we could do show number two, <laughs> kind of like you losing the putterhead cover. It's like, how can this keep happening, man? Right. Like, what's going on here? So we'll be, root, we'll be rooting hard for him. Uh, this course just looks absolutely amazing. It's just, it's like, it's, it's prototypical. Links golf that you would think about when you think about like St. Andrews and things like that. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's on like a peninsula, a lot of water around it, beachy type feel. It's just, but it's, but it's over in Scotland. I mean, it just looks, looks unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that'll be good. That'll be good. And then, you know, we'll have to get ramped up next week because it's uh, the open week and last major of the year. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Or as we call it, the British Open Week. Kyle likes to we don't call it that. We do not call it that. You you can you can stick with that if you want to, but it's it's definitely the open. <laughs> I'm going to die on it. <laughs> you can die on that hill. It's the open, though. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there. But, uh, Ben, you'll be home when? Uh, soon. Going to come home on the weekend. We decided to do the weekday trip so we can avoid the high rate so I can save my money for more golf. There you go. There you go. Golf and uh, golf balls. So be home over the weekend so I'll be able to watch a lot of golf from the from the luxury of my own couch before we uh, come back and come back on next Tuesday with Dad by Golf Club. Nice. So don't forget to go subscribe, uh, rate, and review. And we got another review. I'm going to read it really quick. Pretty f- Uh-oh. Yeah, this is this is kind of a personal thing. I'm going to read it. It's uh can't get to it. Anyway, basically basically it says we're, we're going to we're going to read these whether they're good, bad or indifferent just in case you guys are wondering. Yeah, basically it was uh it says um great podcast and even better logo. <laughs> great podcast uh, with an even better logo. That just that's that's my artist, my artist brother who who made our logo for us. So he he went and gave us a good review. So I wanted to give him a shout out for that. <laughs> but go go rate, subscribe, and review. Leave funny reviews. We'd love to read them out loud. Um, email us at dadpodgolfpod at gmail dot com, and you can call us and leave us a voicemail. And uh, heck, we may even answer the phone. Who knows? Uh, and that number is what Ben. I have no earthly idea whatsoever off the top of my head because I'm on my phone now, so I don't have it pulled up on my uh, on my menu. <laughs> well, that's an absolute disaster. Hold on, I'll pull it up. <laughs> it's three three four five two one eighty three zero seven. So uh, call and leave us a voicemail. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok at Dad Bo- Dad Pod. Gosh, Almighty, this is a complete and utter train wreck. Dad Bod Golf Pod. It's not that hard. Next- <laughs> hey, while, while you're on a roll, don't forget 
don't forget that rangefinder and putter hat on your way out the door. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm, I I just hope I have my keys when I leave here. Basically, right now, <laughs> I may need to go home and just completely start over again. Go back to bed, get up, and start all over again. No, but oh, big shout out to our producer today, Jaws, for taking care of us while I'm on the road too. So yeah, appreciate, uh, appreciate that lamp. That was mighty nice of you, man. And uh, he's he's now going to be hopefully a fan of the show. Either that, or he's not going to ever talk to us again after all this. I don't know. He's 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 like he's a, he's pretty much a pro. So he's like really uncomfortable right now because we're just absolutely butchering this ending right now. So <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all catch us. So catch us next time, uh, Dad Pod, Dad Bod, <laughs> Golf Pod. Always stroking. Always stroking. <laughs> You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod, always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.